Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. On today's episode, we are embarking on a journey to upstate New York for an exciting conversation with Mo Moshari. Mo is a multi-talented individual, being an author, horror cinema lecturer, producer, and screenwriter. Her debut short story collection titled Love the Sinner Hit the Shelves on July 5th. My dear Mo, welcome to the RV. Gia, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Actually, this is one of my favorite places. I'm so happy to be Yay! going. To <laughs> I love it. And as an author hailing from upstate mm-hmm. New York, how has the region's landscape and culture influenced the settings and themes in your stories? Well, I think such an excellent question because I feel like there's parts of upstate New York where you can either drive like five miles and it looks like a gateway computer screensaver with like the blue skies and the hills and everything. And then you drive another like five miles and you're in like tales from the dark side. (laughs) Everything is very dark and creepy and there's abandoned barns for like centuries. Um, So it's, I think for me, there's such rich also folklore and urban legends here in New York um, because we have so many pockets of metropolitan and then you've got very like low country um, things. So, I mean, the settings for me are really, it's kind of easy to write in my genre because it's so spooky here <laughs> a lot of the times. So, you know, I've, I've taken places where um, I've been where I just had a very unsettled feeling and have written a story because not necessarily of the place, but the feeling that invoked just kind of being there because yeah, there's a lot of pockets here that are just like either untouched, abandoned, or just kind of left altogether for no reason why. And that's really the creepy, nice part of New York. Uh (laughs) It's a very pleasant place to live. Yeah. Yeah. It's where, where, where I live, um, currently is two hours from any border in New York. So I'm two hours from Canada, I'm two hours from Ohio. I'm, you know, like three or four hours away from um, two hours from the top of Pennsylvania, you know, three hours from Vermont, you know, it's, it's just, it's a very nice enclosed place to be. And I, I really, really absolutely love it. I'm 
venturing out and and moving um, overseas, hopefully in the next year. So I'll be in the UK, uh, fingers crossed. Uh -huh. um, so, but I mean, this is always going to be my home. Yeah, I, I can imagine. There are some places that we, it's just like where we belong. But yes. Sure you'll be yeah. happy in England or any place. You got it. Home is where you make it. Is that, that, is that what they say? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and more, when did you decide to become a writer? Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about your journey? I'm yeah, I've been writing for a really long time. I started writing um, what is kind of, I guess, like just kind of fan fiction from the stories that I had read when I was a kid. Um, and I liked the character and I wanted the character to continue. But I've been writing really my whole life. I've loved, I've always loved short form. I'm actually working on a, a full length novel right now, which is like very nerve wracking for me because it's, it's not the concise condensed thing I usually do, which is out of my comfort zone, which is also a good thing. But um, since college, you know, into just like my own enjoyment, I started branching out into screenwriting, which I really, really enjoyed because I'm such a visual person. Um, it's nice to like, expand that but also I never really thought of being a writer as I'm going to be published one day or I'm writing this to be published one day and it wasn't until someone had said to me you should take your screenplays and like make them into stories mm -hmm. and I was like no they're like well, it's already there it's already all there you know make it into another another media you can only be more successful that way and not successes in financial success but just feel successful as a writer that you're able to translate your work into several different mediums um and people like to to be able to have that not everybody's into film some people are voracious readers some people aren't readers some people like to to watch things and that's kind of what we see with the um with like the comic sect like we've got people that are into like the superhero movies but they've never read a comic book or we've got people that are into the comic books but don't really like the superhero movies so it was only just a smarter way for me to do that and I think it took me a while to say yeah yeah that's a great idea and and now I've just kind of fallen in love with it and, and stuck with it I can't imagine not putting them into short form now <laughs> mm -hmm. a long way around but it's my journey for it. That's so nice when you you know exactly what you want to yeah. do. It's, it's a blessing because sometimes we are 30, 40s, on our 30s and, mm -hmm. 30s, and we don't know what we... Yeah, I still don't know what to do. And I'm 46 today. <laughs> I still have no idea. For the folks at home, I still have no idea what I want to be doing. But... um. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's great to like have that that confirmation that like this feels good. This feels good to be doing. And you mentioned that you grew up as a latchkey kid. And, yes. <laughs> and being exposed to movies yeah. and books beyond your age. It yes. must have been quite an experience. Yeah. And it was it's kind of, I mean, I don't know if this generation has, or even the last two generations have it, because I feel like parenting wise, we become very, very helicopter and very like 
kind of very overarching over our kids. But I mean, I grew up in the late seventies and the early eighties where it's like my, you know, my mother worked a full-time job. She went to night school and it was really up to my sisters and I to kind of fend for ourselves. And that was when the, you know, the cusp of like, definitely dating myself, but I already told everybody I'm 46. So it doesn't matter. Um, I, this, the cusp of like cable, cable TV and HBO and Cinemax and all of those things that were coming out. Um, and movies were playing any time of day and it didn't matter the rating of the movie it was on. So for me, it was like Carrie, it was the howling, it was, um, Cujo, um, you know, Twilight Zone. And sometimes even like, you know, broader arcing things. Like I, I think I was probably like six or seven, six or seven, maybe eight when I saw first saw a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, what am I doing watching this movie at such a young age? And I think that I, I really started to be like, there's so much available. Like, how am I not knowing about this? And it was my mother who had had a copy of carry as a book and I didn't know what it was about I had caught my sister watching Carrie and I you know through the banisters of the house I'm watching it and trying to cover my mouth and trying not to scream because I was really really excited about how scared I was getting and I kind of got really like you know just anxious but also very like excited like what else can I watch that makes me feel like this Mm -hmm. and I really kind of hunted it down and I put two and two together that that was the that was the book of the movie. And I started reading it and I was like, what else can I get my hands on? Some of the words I didn't know what they meant. I think it was like nine. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, like the stories, parts of the stories are going over my head. Um, but especially like a book like Carrie, you have this girl who is, you know, I'm you know, I was also a young girl at the time, but you have this girl going through bullying and figuring herself out um you know as a young woman um falling in love trying to you know navigate social aspects of school um having a very you know heavy-handed religious mother um i grew up very strict spanish catholic so i understand (laughs) that um so I was very relatable to me, even at that young age. And I think that I kind of really cuddled into the horror genre because I was like, it gets me. Um, so, yeah, I probably should not have watched or read most of the things that I did at that age. I remember, I think I was, I don't know, 10 years old. And mm-hmm. I, I started reading a book called... I think it was horror in Amityville. I don't know if it's mm, Amityville horror. Oh, I am to feel horror. Oh, yes. I couldn't sleep. I'm I'm always so scared about horror movies. And then after this book, I said, no, I can't be. Yeah, really put it scared. away. <laughs> yes. And I I decided to change the genre. But anyways, I I, after a while, I started reading again, but mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was very scared. And more as a lecturer, mm-hmm. lecturer in horror movies, mm-hmm. specific aspects of horror films mm-hmm. do you find most fascinating? 
Well, my other hat is um, I'm also, I work in behavioral science. I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist too. Um, I specialize in PTSD in women. So most likely survivors of assault and trauma. Um, So when I lecture, I really am kind of focusing on the trauma of the characters within the story. I mean, there's so much to mine um, and so much we can all be afraid of in our lives. And it's easy to really kind of relate to these characters, even on the supernatural films where you're, you know, like, oh, obviously that's not going to happen. Or obviously this doesn't happen um, as far as we know. (laughs) But I always focus on how the character, what their reactivity is within the situation and how that can really help us not only learn about ourselves, but also like what the film is trying to say, like what the allegory of the film is um, to help us kind of navigate our lives. I think horror is very astute like that. Like it definitely teaches us how to behave. Like we've, you know, we've watched a horror movie. We've left the theater. We've checked our dark backseat before we've started to get into the car. You know, we've gone to watch a scary movie. We've come home. We've turned on every light in the house. Like, we don't do that with comedies and dramas and things like that. So I think it's, I love really talking about and lecturing about this is how the character is perceived. This is what they were going through. This is what the movie's really trying to kind of show you and state and, and how can we either relate to this or, or how can we grow from this as, as a banner of horror. So it's, it's such a joy to kind of blend the mental health aspect the horror aspect for me is so completely special because they're two of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I get a chance to do that, I'll be doing that um, tomorrow. Um, I'm lecturing this weekend, but it's it's just one of my favorite things to just blend mm-hmm. the two. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And this is a wonderful work you're doing, Mo, because... Thank you. Yeah, it can help so many people. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) So let's imagine a scenario, okay. fun scenario, where you get to create your own ultimate horror movie dream team, okay? <laughs> you can pick any horror move, movie characters, living okay. or undead, to team okay. up and fight against an evil force. Would you choose, who would you choose for your dream? Man, that's amazing. I would probably pick, oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably pick. It's difficult. It's so difficult. I would tell you, I would get Freddy Krueger and Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter. Oh my god. It's so <laughs> psychological horror there. Like yes. <laughs> these characters have haunted me, haunted my thoughts and kept me awake at night. 
probably for me, I would probably say I've always been terrified of Pennywise from Mm -hmm. Stephen King's It. I'm not a clown fan. I never have been, even like pre that book. And if you do get a chance to read the book, it's 10 times scarier than the movie. It's so terrifying what these kids go through. Um, But I would I would always kind of wonder. So silly. I would always kind of wonder how there's a character, um, Night of the Living Dead, Ben, who was one of the first black lead characters in a horror film, Night of the Living Dead by George A. Romero. I would love to see how he would combat Pennywise because he's fighting all of these zombies and all of these undead um, and he's just so level-headed and he's just so like just kind of smart and resourceful and just very with it I would love to kind of see him against Pennywise because he you know it's such a challenge Pennywise is such a uh, an infiltrating villain where he is really this phantom this demon that's like everywhere and nowhere all at once and definitely gets into your head and as level-headed as ben is i wonder how he would deal with that so this is a good idea for a book i know (laughs) maybe maybe one day that's so funny (laughs) silly I also was thinking, when I was preparing your episode, I started thinking about the movies, the horror movies Mm -hmm. that scared me the most. For example, Saw. Dead. I can't do it. I can't do it. No. I can't do it. I've always had a hard time with those because reading it is one thing. I mean, there's a story in the book that is, you know, part there the underlying is torture. Um, But there's another piece of just like kind of visually seeing it kind of like back to back to back to back to back is just, it's not something that I can personally deal with or stomach. So that's not going to be one of the ones that I pick first. Like, Oh, let's watch saw again or go, let's go Mm -hmm. watch the newest saw. It's not going to be a thing for me. (laughs) Me neither. But there are some horror movies that, for example, The Sixth Sense. Mm -hmm. It's frightening. Yes. But I say that this is a classic because Mm -hmm. the story is like it has a very intelligent storytelling. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But this one I saw many times and this is the kind of movie that I really like. I mean, yes. the horror movies that I enjoy are not really the sure. Yeah. One. And that's what's so lovely about horror. It has so many different subgenres to it. Like Sixth Sense is definitely a psychological horror movie. The Others with Nicole Kidman is a psychological horror movie. It's still horror, but it's but- very cerebral and it's very upfront here in the mental and emotional space and I think what's so beautiful about something like the sixth sense is that emotional piece it's a very emotional horror movie especially with the relationship between the mother and her child and doing whatever she can to be so protective of him and value the trust that they have with each other in while he's trying to navigate that is so 
so beautiful and also so incredibly painful to watch. It um, is. And it's surprising yeah. because yeah. until the end, you're like, I, wait, what? Oh <laughs> wait, what? And then it makes you kind of replay. You're like, oh my gosh, like, how did I not realize that? It's so good. <laughs> so good. And like the sixth sense, I, I could never believe like that, you know, I don't yeah. want to be a spoiler. I don't want to spoil, um, spoil it. It's been 30 years. Go watch the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. But actually, I've I've never thought that he was the one who was dead. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and then it makes you replay like everything you've been watching. And it's like, oh, now that I know that, oh, well, this is incredibly painful now. This yeah. is, this is, now this is the focus and not the fact that, you know, there's dead people running around. Now it's like, we, we get to see the emotional piece. Cause we, we look at, and that's kind of one of the movies that I've discussed in, in parts of my lectures gone by is that those pieces, like you have something like the sixth sense that is like, oh, all of these people that have died and they're kind of like hanging out and they need, you know, resolution and like uh, retribution for things that they've gone through and, and to, to kind of help them through like the other side and, and things like that. And then you end on that piece with like Bruce Willis's character and you realize how, even though, you know, you have these other ghosts that have gone through like traumatic or like they're, they've gone through like, um, you know, gunshot wounds and like, you know, fires and things like that. Um, you still have these, this piece of their spirit that is still hanging on for some sort of some you know some some clarity or closure and that's all the movie was yeah. even though they looked pretty scary like everyone was looking for it every single ghost was needing it and and in, in the end they're still needing it but this one just needed a little bit more guidance to figure out what they needed to do and I was like how you know that overarching piece of just like letting go is it trapped in a scary movie what <laughs> like that's so brilliant like it's it brilliant movie brilliant movie it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I agree with you 100%. And now... I would like to talk to you a little bit about your new book because there, mm -hmm. there are so many things that you are doing. So let's start talking about your book, Love the Sinner. Yes. It looks like it is inspired by the seven deadly sins. Yes. So the seven deadly sins, and then there is one mortal sin that opens the book because there are eight stories and everyone's been like eight stories, seven sins, make it make sense. But that's what you have as a, a mortal sin that kind of opens the book. And then we get into the seven deadly sins. But what I love about um, how this was structured and, and, and just kind of how I structured it 
growing up very strict Spanish Catholic and kind of like knowing um, what my mother's fears were about or what was put on her in that religious aspect of that fear. And it was always like the devil, like lurking around the corner and you don't do this because the devil will do this and you have to do this because God needs you to do this. And it was so not weird to me, but I was like, this is very like, you're putting a lot on people (laughs) to ask people to just be, you know, this not necessarily just good, but like kind of follow a format in order to, you know, have a happy existence and get into heaven and get into the afterlife. And growing up, um, I kind of always wanted to understand like where we came from with that when it's really us that are doing the actions. Um, So this book has absolutely no devil representation at all in it. It's all just humans being bad humans under the umbrellas of each sin. And I feel like we've all kind of been there and we can all, humans can justify whatever action they want to. I mean, people do bad things to people all the time. I mean, look at Saw, right? (laughs) People do bad things to people all the time and we try to justify it. Um, And there's always a justification for it. Well, I was, you know, kind of, I was jealous. And so, you know, I murdered their lover or I was greedy. So I robbed that bank. Like there's humans are doing these things. And I think that that's why it's so disquieting when you have things like people that are, or you watch like, or listen to true crime where people are just like the killer didn't have a reason. And that's like, we all have a reason. Like we all can justify things like why. And that's the scary part is that there is no why, but what I wanted to do with this book is just to say that like it's us we are the monsters like the devil doesn't have anything to do with any of these people we do it like we are the monsters um and and they are like not not a lot of these characters in the book are likable people but they are relatable people um and we're taking like i'm taking very real scenarios and making you really think about could i could i do this like would i would i do this if this was the choice that was pressed against me, how would I react? Um, and I, that's what I, I absolutely love about this book. Cause it really makes you question your own boundaries <laughs> with what you can and can't handle or what you will or won't put up with um, to get what you want. Yeah. I actually, I love these kind of books. Yay. I had an idea now. So I think <laughs> It's difficult okay, to choose among the seven sins. Mm-hmm. And I personally hold the belief that, for me, that mm-hmm. envy is the most challenging of mm-hmm. the seven deadly sins. The reason why is because envy can lead to feelings of resentment mm-hmm. and discontentment. When we find ourselves comparing our lives to others so Mm -hmm. in your opinion Mm -hmm. which sin is the best or you know is the one that's more innocent ah innocent yikes um i think they all have the capacity to be starting off very unassuming Mm. um but i think that Jeez, I think probably the most terrifying one you think would be wrath for me, but it's not. 
Yeah. I think the most terrifying one would probably be pride. Mm. We do a lot of things out of pride to protect our pride. That's a, that's a scary one. Cause that can be quite insidious, you know, to keep secrets or to keep things, you know, as ours or, you know, control um, or how we're viewed, how our character is attacked. Like we, we go through many lengths to make sure that we're not in that corner. But I think the one that's probably the, the least, I don't know. I, I want to say lust, but there's so many crimes of passion. I can't. <laughs> there's so many ones that are just like, I, it was a jealous rage, but I think that lust can be, it's, it begins very, very innocent because it's, you know, it's, it starts from the, a heart matter, right? It's a, it's a love thing. It's a infatuation um, quest, I guess. And then, you know, letting that overtake you is the danger, right? But I feel like you can't really have dangerous lust without pride. So they kind of go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. I yeah. love this. And, and, and about pride, you're yeah. literally right. Pride often leads to arrogance, which is what I think. Yeah. And 100%. And because we, we get so, you know, either we're proud and I think that we, we have such a, a weird, there's such a, a scale tip to it. It's like either, you know, you're proud of your successes or you're too proud of your successes and now you're bragging or you're too humble and, you know, you don't let people know who you are. But I think where pride is concerned, we're so, and especially in the era of like social media, right? We've got a filter for every occasion. So we don't look the way we really do because we don't want people to know what we really look like. And like, we only show our highlights on online because we don't want people to know that we actually do go through bad times. Mm -hmm. Like we only take the photo from above because we don't want people to know what our real shape is. Like that's such pride in just that, that one little scope of, of technology. And I think that those are the things that like make things insidious i mean there was a whole show about what they call catfishing where it's like you you said you were this person and then i looked at your photo and you know you're not the same person in the photo and it's that's a pride issue right and it gets it gets pretty dangerous to protect ourselves and now we're like super protective that we will go to any length to let people not know the truth about us but we want to be we want to be cared for and celebrated and appreciated for who we really are. Mm -hmm. So it's such a, it's such a weird place to be in. Pride is, it's terrifying. It's it so is. uncomfortable. <laughs> it is super uncomfortable. And Ma, what messages or themes do you hope mm -hmm. your readers will take away from this book? I think a big piece of this book I really wanted people to take away with is not only seeing yourself in these characters and kind of asking yourself like what I would I go through with this but also accountability for our own actions and how we can how we fall underneath a lot of these sins on a daily basis sometimes we run through the entire gamut of them all you know because we're all just kind of trying to survive and be the best person we can be and also get what we want to get out of life and get what we need but hopefully we see that you know it's not we everything is a choice and sometimes we have to be accountable for those choices. And when you are accountable for those choices, 
you know, unfortunately there is a discomfort that we don't like having to have about ourselves that we sometimes aren't a good person. Sometimes we didn't make the best choice. Sometimes we weren't the best friend or partner. Um, and that's okay to be wrong sometimes, but it's also okay to be like, Ooh, this is a facet of my, my personality or my person that can need some adjustment. So hopefully people see them themselves not too far into these characters doing bad things, but hopefully we can be a little bit like, Ooh, this is eerily relatable. And uh, yeah, that's why it scares me. It's because I probably would do things like this. So hopefully they take away a little bit of accountability. And is your book also available on, uh, online? Is like, is a Kindle version or is yeah, there's a Kindle version. There's also the paperback, which is available um, through uh, Waterstones, BookBub, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can find it um, anywhere that sells your books online. So paperback and Kindle, if you are so inclined. Awesome. And what is next for you? I'm sure that it doesn't matter where you are living, you are creating. <laughs> I'll find something to do. Um, next up is I have a two volume book uh, so book series coming out next year um, through Spooky House Press, which is called, titled Claire Violence, uh, Tales of Tarot and Torment. So each of the stories falls under the uh, heading of a card in the major arcana from the tarot card deck. So it's a lot of fun. Um, Love the Sinner is all very psychological horror, what I call quiet psychological horror because it kind of creeps up on you. But this new collection is everything from like sci-fi horror to like romance horror, you know, scary, spooky, fatal attraction style horror, um, new weird horror, Western horror, folk horror. So I really got to stretch um, and flex and bend within the genre in this new collection, which was so much fun. So I hopefully people people like that one as well. <laughs> Clairvoyance that you said. It's called Clairviolence. Clairviolence makes yes. I made up that word. <laughs> it's okay if nobody gets it right away. It's not real. <laughs> now I mean, I guess. <laughs> And more, would you like to leave a message for our listeners? Yes, to I always say support as many indie authors as you can. Indie presses, check the end caps of your bookstores for novellas and short story collections. We are not all Stephen King. We're not all Dean Koontz. You know, we, we don't really get the glamour of someone building an entire table around us. And a lot of the really visceral and guttural even like emotional horror stories are really coming from not global authors there's been so many incredible um latin authors irish authors um indigenous authors that are putting out incredible horror stories that just aren't they're not in the top five you know they're not getting penguin house publishing deals and we're all just trying to be represented out there as diverse voices um because i feel like global horror is just that like even though we're talking about maybe african or slavic folklore we can all relate to the story that's kind of the kernel within so if you Go to your local bookstore. If you are perusing online for books, um, check out your indie authors as much as you can. Wonderful. This was a great message. Oh, thank yes. you. Mo, I would like to know where can our listeners find you online? Do you have 
social yeah. media. Mm-hmm. I have um, one social media that I'm very active on, and that is Twitter. And you can find me at Mo Mashati. That's M-O-M-O-S-H-A-T-Y. And then I also am at MoMashati.com. And that's my website where I schedule where my lectures are going to be, um, where my journalism is. I also write for Fangoria. You know, hopefully you can check out where my next books are available as well. Wonderful. And I have a surprise for you. For your birthday gift, I would love to feature you in our magazine, The Relief. Oh my gosh, that would be lovely. Oh, happy birthday to me. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Thank you. And check out Mochati books, website, Mm -hmm. social media, and she will be in our magazine, The Relatable Voice. So, Mo, it was a pleasure to speak with you. You hey, This a... was great, Lucia. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you, too. And enjoy your day. I will. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please. Rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between. You'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org.